How can we judge that up so that they still come in, they still have that community, they still have that time, or maybe they sit down with a whiskey with the cat, who knows what it is, but they still have to have that habit or that community time, or the habit has to be totally changed. And that's where we must make sure we're meeting them where they're at. Can they do those things? Can they change that habit? And what would look good for them? What do they envisage of walking in the door and doing something else? Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners responding directly to the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact, and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So today I wanted to talk to you about meeting your client where they're at. Because this can be quite a toughie, really. We want the best for our client. We want them to change. They want to change. We want them to achieve well health. They want to achieve well health. We set up an amazing plan for them. We talk to them about what they need to do, and then they come back and they say, I haven't done any of the things you said I should do, but I thought I should come back and tell you anyway. Or they ring and they say, I haven't done any of the things you said I should do, so I thought I should cancel my appointment. Now, these can be pretty depressing, can't they? You get those comments, you get those phone calls, and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? And you're like, okay, maybe we'll extend out your appointment. Well, no, that is not actually the answer. So what the answer is, we've asked them to do too much. We haven't connected where and how we need to connect with that client. So we need to go back to the drawing board. So it's a, so if they phone and they say, I haven't done anything, I was just going to change my appointment. It's no, we really do need your appointment because we need to see where the problem was with what I asked you to do and what you were trying to achieve. We need to see where the differences are. I need to understand better where you're starting from. Okay, it's really important that we know their baselines. So we might be asking them to have breakfast every day and yet they feel nauseous every morning. So they're not going to have breakfast every day and they haven't told you that because they didn't really realize that's why they didn't have breakfast. They just sort of got up and felt a bit kicky and just assumed it was part of waking up. They tried to have your breakfast one day that you'd suggested and it just didn't work and they didn't want to. So we need to go back to first principles. Why aren't they having breakfast? What's going on there? And meeting them where they're at. It's really important that we're on the same path that they're on because their path to well health may take much longer than the next person you have in the room. The next person you have in the room may be a spreadsheet sort of person. And you, I did have a, my very first spreadsheet came from a client. I asked him to do a seven day diet diary and it all came through on a spreadsheet. So that was a bit of a shocker, but most people just would write it down. Now they've got a fillable form. But when we see the difference in these people from patient to patient, from client to client, we can really understand where they're coming from. So that young man who'd given me a spreadsheet, he was more than capable of making all of the changes. He put them into a spreadsheet. He did them all. He timed everything. He organized shopping. 
because he needed and wanted to get well. He was really, really motivated. He was unwell and he had his wedding just before Christmas, so two month lead in. He, that's all he'd given me to get him well. It's really, you know, so I was pushing the envelope anyway to do it all and he knew it and he knew that he had to change everything all at once. So it was, we went in hard and fast and we achieved it and he was well for his wedding. But with the majority of people, uh, weight loss people are often like that as well. They've got something like a wedding to get to. And so they will go in hard and fast and do everything you say. But once they've, often what will happen is once they get to that goal, the wedding, whether for this young man, it was his stomach, it was their well health or their weight or whatever it is, they get to that goal and then they go, oh, well, I've reached my goal. Doesn't matter anymore. Don't have to do it now. I can, oh, well, I've already been there. I can slack off a bit. I can relax a bit. Whereas, of course, it's not about relaxing. And I think that's where we're often missing the point with our clients is people come in after work and as a reward for being at work all day, they give themselves an alcoholic drink, for example. Whereas alcohol is not a reward. It's exactly the opposite because it slows them down. It makes them feel worse. It gives them less energy the next day. But getting people to understand what is truly a reward and what isn't a reward starts in childhood. So it starts with making sure that children are not rewarded with food or drink, but rather rewarded with comments, support, toys, things that won't be a detriment. You know, having an ice block shouldn't be a reward. It should just be something that happens because it's a hot day and it's all have an icy pole. It's not, oh, you've been so good. Here's your ice block oh, you've been such a good boy, you can have this food reward. We don't want to encourage that because it does perpetuate into adulthood. But it's no longer a random icy pole here and there or a Freddo frog. It might well be more than one Freddo frog, but it might actually be that alcoholic drink every single night because you've rewarded yourself from going to work. So we have to find where our client is at and what they understand by the changes that are needed and how we can help them to implement those changes. So alcohol is a great example because a lot of people walk in from work and have a glass of wine with dinner or they will have a drink as soon as the day finishes. And it's the reward, it's the finishing of the day, it's the closing off, it signals the end of the working day and the start of the evening. Now, getting the person to stop that behavior is really hard. So we need to swap out that alcoholic drink and infuse the person with the understanding that those things, those the chocolates or whatever it is, are not a reward. If they're having a Fredo frog, then they need to be having dark chocolate. We've got that. We know we need the antioxidants in dark chocolate, gratefully, 20 grams a day. Thank you very much. I'll be taking that. But it has to be proper dark chocolate. And it's the same with alcohol. We need to really be thinking, does our client need this alcohol? No, they don't. How can we get our client to understand that they're rewarding themselves without rewarding themselves because it's the exact opposite of reward. So when I swap things out for my clients, I always think about what can I swap that thing out for that's good for them. So if they're a beer drinker, for example, then yes, kombucha is not going to give you the same alcoholic kabang that a beer is going to do, but it is still going to give you the mouthfeel. Because a lot of drinking that drink in the evening is about habit. It's about practice. It's about the systems. So they walk in the door, they greet their partner, they have a little snack and a glass of wine pre-dinner so they can chat about the day. How can we zhuzh that up 
so that they still come in, they still have that community, they still have that time, or maybe they sit down with a whiskey with the cat, who knows what it is, but they still have to have that habit or that community time, or the habit has to be totally changed. And that's where we must make sure we're meeting them where they're at. Can they do those things? Can they change that habit? And what would look good for them? What do they envisage of walking in the door and doing something else? We need to get that from their perspective. There's a lot of scripting in here and a lot of understanding. It's a lot of seeding the conversation and making sure that our conversation with our client is going in the right direction. So that's something that I'm going to be doing more of again next year is supporting you all with the scripts. As part of the 90 day program, actually, that's all being relaunched next year. It's going to be very different. It's going to be really interesting because we have to figure out, sorry, back on, back on track. We have to figure out where our client is at, what they're doing and how we can change will ultimately be a significant change. One of no or little alcohol would be a significant change for most people but how we can implement that in a way that they appreciate it, they enjoy it, and they're ready for change. What is it we can do to make sure they're still on board? So that's just a short one for today. I hope you have an absolutely brilliant rest of day, and I look forward to catching up with you on the next cast. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.